Hey, this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. We are in a series called Stand, and as we journey through the testimonies of people in Scripture, I hope that God stirs within you the testimonies in which He was with you when you had to stand. In this hour in the church, it is imperative that we stand. And in the storms of life that come, and we defined what that looked like last week, in the storms of life that would come, He is calling on us to stand. We can make this about America. We can make this about the church of the world. It doesn't matter. The word of the Lord in this hour is to stand. No matter what winds may blow, no matter what the conditions look like, stand. We defined last week a storm is a temporary convergence of natural currents and the elements reacting and impacting the environments, impacting the normal course of life. We've all been through storms. Your storm may look completely different than other people's storms. Maybe you've been in a storm of distraction. Maybe you've been in a storm of divorce. Maybe you've been in a storm that doesn't even have a name that we can put to it in this moment. But I can guarantee you that in the storm, he was present. In the storm, he was calm. In the storm, he had your best interest in his mind. The second definition that we gave last week for a storm is a collision of known elements in unexpected ways. Known elements in unexpected ways. There's no greater storm than to have a storm of a known person or a known element that comes at you unexpectedly. To derail what you believe is right. To derail what you believe you're called to do. We know that to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. The storm of life that you may be going through, the storm of life that you're maybe exiting, or the storm of life that you may be heading into is seasonal. And we are so happy for that. Last week we said that we should never respond permanently to a temporary situation, or we cause more harm than good. We also said that foundations cannot be laid accidentally. So what do storms provide us the time to evaluate? I want to take you to a picture she's going to throw on the screen of the only bird that God associates himself with. And as she's doing that, I want to go back to the acronym of STAND, Simply Trust and Never Doubt. It is interesting that the eagle, the eagle is the only bird that God associates himself with. And you can draw many conclusions by looking at the picture. And I know you're already thinking about our country and the founding of our country and the bird and all of that stuff. But I want to take you to a few points this morning about the eagle. The eagle's wingspan can be up to six feet wide. So you look at me up here, that's as wide as, minus the shoes, that's as wide as the eagle's wingspan can be. But there's an interesting thing about an eagle that I don't know that many of us know. Did you know that eagles actually look for storms? Eagles look for storms because eagles use the storm to gain height so they can rest. I love it that you had that word this morning, Terrence, because it's true that in the midst of a storm, we should be resting. Does that mean that we're not actively pursuing what God has called us to do? No, it doesn't mean that we just go eat bonbons and lay in bed all day. No, it means that we're at peace and at rest. At peace and at rest 
in the midst of a storm. So eagles actually seek out storms so that they can gain altitude so that they can rest. I also understand that as they gain altitude, they can see more perspective. I believe that the church in America today is in a storm that we don't even know we're in yet. We're at the beginning of a storm. And what we're called to do in this hour is to gain altitude in the midst of the storm. Because the storm would want to put us on the ground. Our job is to gain altitude in the storm. You see, the eagle sets its wings into a glide pattern and rests. You can't set anything in place and rest if you aren't sure it's going to work. And that's why our foundation is so important. That's why our foundation is so important because there will be storms. Everyone in here who has had a storm, raise your hand. Yes, everyone in here has had a storm. Everyone in here is either coming out of a storm, in a storm, or going into another storm. There are storms all the time. But if our foundation is set correctly, we can rely on it and rest in the midst of the storm. There's another interesting reason why eagles like storms. It cleanses their feathers. As the eagle flies, dirt and sand and things get in their feathers. And as they get into the storm and the turmoil of the storm, they allow it to cleanse their wings so that they can fly more efficiently so that they can do things more efficiently. There's one other thing about a, an eagle, and that is when it's done using the storm for its purpose, it leaves the storm. There are many people here today that have stayed in a storm because you thought it was your purpose to be in the storm. It is time to leave the storm and it's time to tell the storm to leave. Nothing is permanent. Everything is seasonal when it comes to storms. I was walking this week and I was looking at a new construction of a home. And there were hurricane straps for this house that were mounted so that the house wouldn't blow away in the storm. Now, we put them on our houses here. I think we do it just to meet code. But down in Florida, they put them on because they understand that the code is going to be used when the rains and the winds come. As believers, sometimes we build our homes, our ministries, our lives, ignoring the code. Because it's simpler, it's cheaper, and we're not going to get a storm in Ohio that we would need it. I remember building a, building a barn and a cabin at our, at our other property, and I remember setting the trusses that we built on the ground. We were lifting them up, we were setting them, and putting them in place, and the question arose, well, do we really have to put hurricane straps on these because we're in Ohio, and it would save us a lot of money. And I remember the thought went through my head, we may need to use them, and it's the code. Many of us have, have built things in our lives that we've skimped on the things that are part of the code because we wanted to get there faster. And God is saying, you can't go through the storm that I've called you to go through if you don't abide by the code. What do storms reveal? I want to review this from last week. Number one, storms are temporary. Number two, they're natural. Number three, they move. Number four, they force change. Number five, they restore to the original state. Number six, they expose weakness. Number seven, they remind us of our mortality. And what is the reason? To restore balance, to cleanse the environment, to remove pollution, to erase decay, to test your strength, to test your foundation. And we know that our core scripture for this series is in Ephesians 6. 
And it says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not yours, his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. I think sometimes we begin to stand in a storm, in a trial. We begin to stand and we realize that we haven't done all first. That we begin to stand and the pressure begins to get more and more and more upon us and we realize that maybe we missed some of the foundational work that needed to be laid to be able to stand having done all. I believe that we're entering a season of a storm in the church in 2021. I believe that this storm is going to point us back to the foundation. And I believe that some people have taken for granted the foundation that was laid or the foundation that they laid in their ministry, their marriage, their business. And God is saying now is the time before the storm comes to do all. Because you will be required to stand. The more storms that you've encountered the more people you can help. You see, the storm that you've been through in your life, all the different storms have given you a track record of God delivering you from the storm because you're all here today, because you're watching today. And so the more storms that you experience and you come out of intact, the more people you can help because you already have the experience of the storm. I, I think about that word. I think about the, the spoken word this morning that Jesus was asleep because he'd already been through a lot of storms. And he knew the outcome of this storm. What scares me is that the church continues to listen to the world and try to find a worldly solution for a kingdom problem. And we get tossed and turned by the waves of all the people saying this and saying that instead of trusting that God's been through this storm before. I see so many people in the church that are waiting for the next prophetic word to come. They're waiting for the next the court decision. They're waiting. I believe in all that. Don't get me wrong. But if that's where you're focused, you're missing the peace of being in the storm with the Creator. So don't discount your storm after you've come through your storm because the purpose of you entering in, conquering that storm is so that others who go into storms of that magnitude will be able to look to you, if you're willing, to share the goodness of God and the peace that he gave you through the storm. Storms will always reveal and expose your foundation. No matter if it's a windstorm, a rainstorm, a hurricane, a tornado, your foundation will be exposed. Now the goal of this is that when the foundation is actually exposed, I hope that what you build upon your foundation is actually still on top. Because I've seen many storms in which all that's left is the foundation. But the cool thing is, is if at the end of everything, if all that's left is the foundation, you can rebuild. We have to be built on what he says is right. Now, I want to pose to you a question. We always focus on the storm of life, correct? We, we see the storm coming. We see that, that job loss is imminent. We see the things, this thing is not working out. The storm is beginning to rage. And we always focus on the storm until we think of his peace. And then we go to his peace. But I want to I point this out to you that every single person in the room and probably online raised their hand when I said, have you ever been in a storm? 
So if everyone is either coming out, going in, or in the midst of a storm in their life of some sort, don't you agree with me that the storm is not the problem? Because Matthew 5 says that it will, he will pour out rain upon the just and the unjust. We're all going to see a storm. We're all going to get rained on, but it's our perspective in the storm that determines the outcome of the end of the storm. I, I love that the eagle leaves the storm when he's used it. There is some using that's been done and some things that you've been taking advantage of, and God is saying, leave the storm because I've commanded you to go to the other side. So the storms are not the issue. Although today, if you read a newspaper, look at the news, all you see is the storm. If you think about what could happen to the church in 2021, you're focused on the storm. The most important thing this year is not how many or what storms are coming your way, but asking yourself and doing an inventory, are you up to code? Is what you've built in your life going to withstand the test of the storm? Now, 2020 was a storm that hit the world that we never knew, and we can call it whatever we want, and we can say it came from wherever, but I can tell you that it was a storm. And it revealed to the church that we were built in the wrong way in some capacities. And God is calling the church to rebuild in the way that will withstand stronger storms than what we had in 2020. When the roof blows off or when things get disrupted, when you rebuild, you rebuild for future storms that are stronger and things that we need to withstand. The key to withstanding any storm is to secure the building in which you're in. When the storm comes, you get in a bathtub and put the, the mattress over you. You secure yourself in the storm. We should have no fear of the storm if we're consistently reading the code. This I want you to write down this morning and remember. You are never remembered by what you have avoided in your life. You are always remembered by what you have survived. There are some people here, some people listening to my voice this morning, that have avoided every storm in their life. They have, they have done whatever they had to do to escape the storm as fast as possible. They saw the storm coming. They ran the other way. They, they were involved in a situation in which the storm began to come against them, and they darted. They escaped. They got out of it. And they won't be remembered in life because you are never remembered by what you avoid. You are always remembered by what you survived. I think often of the people in Scripture in which we hold up. And I was, I was talking this morning to our intercessors, and I said, I, I'm rereading uh, Scripture with our reading plan, and then I'm reading other stuff, and I'm always reading, reading, reading. But I, I come back to the people in Scripture that we hold up, and sometimes we forget the stories of the, the people that don't have the big names. But they were in storms. And the reason why they're in the code is because they withstood a storm. The reason why you have hurricane hangers on, on houses and trusses and all that stuff is because there was a storm at one time and those were not needed. They, they, were, they were needed. They were not known about. And so when you went through the storm, you said, wow, how can we fix this? There are stories in scripture that we're going to explore during this series called Stand that are, that are there so that we prepare the right way for the storm that is coming to us. So I'm going to go through the ones that you do know, and maybe we'll explore over the next few weeks some that you don't know. But how do we know David? We don't really know David because he was out in the field. We know David because he faced Goliath. We know Samson because of the Philistines. 
right? We know these people because of the storm that they faced and the place in which they stood. And they said, I'm not moving past this point. David was so frustrated with the Israelites when Goliath was shouting and cursing their God. And he said, no, this is where I stand. Each of us, each of us this year are going to have places in which we, we have to draw a line and say, I will go no further. This is it. I, I have reached my limit. This is it. I will stand here. And I will stand on the foundation in which I have built to withstand what is coming. Moses we know about because of who? Pharaoh. We know him because of the pressure that he faced. I find it very interesting that as we study revival globally, it always comes after pressure or in the midst of pressure or in a storm. We see people seeking God and asking God to come and save them and preserve them and help them. And yet, we often want to avoid the storm. We often want to step aside and let someone else handle it. We often want to delegate this to someone else to accomplish. The problem today in the church, and we've seen this for generations, is that we're good at teaching, we're good at delegating, but we're sure not good at coaching. I spoke last week about basketball and, and I had a really good coach in fifth grade and sixth grade who taught me how to take a charge and you can go back and listen to it if you want the basketball stories. But the one thing about a coach is that they see your potential and they draw it out of you so that you can accomplish something greater than you could have if they didn't work with you. I believe that 2021 is a year in which the church is going to understand that this coaching practice is more important than maybe even some Sunday morning services. Because it's time for us to be one-on-one -on -one with each other and see the greatness in other people and draw it out of them so that they can accomplish more than what a religious activity would do for them. If you do not have a problem to overcome, you will have no reputation. People will always remember you by what you survived. Now this is strong, so brace yourself. It is time for the church in 2021 to step into battles. Step into storms. To walk into the storms and show how bad we really are. time to control the weather people and I'm not just talking about the wind and the rain although you can do that too I remember we were sitting in a restaurant a year ago or so uh, a friend of mine and we were just praying in the spirit we had our Bibles on the table and uh, and we were just talking to each other and I love that we can do that in restaurants in America and uh, we we're sitting there praying and this man walks by and he yeah, I clearly saw him walk by and then a little bit later he came back and he said hey uh, I know that you guys are believers and I believe I heard you guys praying in tongues and, and I believe that you guys have something that I need to access I'm, okay well, let's do it <laughs> not accessing me you're accessing him so let's do it and he said my son is going to get married next week and all the all the forecasts are for rain and he said I don't want it to rain and I said, awesome, let's agree right now, because it says in scripture where two people agree, it's done, right? So we, we sat there, we held hands with him, and we said, Lord, we just command the weather to be clear and sunny, and I was focused, and my friend was focused, and this guy was focused, and we were just, we were just declaring to heaven that it wasn't going to rain. So he left and we continued on with what we were doing. Then I went to my car and I looked at the forecast for Saturday and I began to see that Saturday, Friday, all day Friday, this was an outside wedding, of course, all day Friday was 100% chance of rain, all day Saturday was 100% chance of rain, and all day Sunday was 100% chance of rain 
for, for the whole area. It was like this huge storm coming. And I'm like, oh my Lord. <laughs> now, did we do this on emotion? Or did we do it on a foundation of truth? And so I took my focus off of the forecasters and I just said, we believe and we leave it in God's hands and we believe it's going to happen. So we went about everything we were doing and it rained all weekend. Now don't turn off the tape. Don't stop watching right here because you're going to miss it. It rained all weekend. And so I called my friend that we were sitting at the table and I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And then Monday, we got a phone call from the guy. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great, whatever, whatever he's got to say. And he says, you guys are amazing. He said, it rained in every part of this county except for over where we were. <laughs> he said, it rained everywhere. It was a deluge everywhere except for right at the wedding. And he said, we packed everything up from the wedding and it poured. What foundation have you built? What foundation have you built? Scripture says we're going to do everything to stand. And when all that is done, we stand on him. So am I saying that we control the weather? If you have a word. If you have a word, yes. Declare it, stand on it, don't question it. Because I could have completely messed it up if I would have just said, yeah, we don't do that kind of thing. I have often heard that we minister most effectively out of our mostly broken past that's healed. The places in which you feel you were broken the worst, the places in which you feel that you can't, you can't even fathom speaking about, those are the places that God wants to use you to help other people. Because in those darkest places in which you, God has healed, God has restored, but in those darkest places where you have felt the pressure of the storm, the next time you see it, you'll probably take a nap. Because you've been delivered, you've been healed, you've been restored. And people are looking all the time for someone who's at peace. Someone who's resting in the midst of a storm. Is that you? Are you willing to open yourself up to share about your storm so that others may be at peace with you? So I want to dive into the life of Moses this morning. I want to I dive in real quick and I want to talk about the storms of life with Moses. So I'm going to go fast. It's a, it's a lot of chapters, but I'm going to go fast. I'm going to give you the highlights and then I'm going to pull out a piece that I want to focus on this morning. Moses was born into a Levitical slave family in Egypt. Pharaoh ordered that all infant Hebrew males be drowned. Moses adopted, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter into royalty. So we've already seen this roller coaster ride, right? We've seen this roller coaster ride of Moses' life. At 40 years old, he commits murder. He murders a taskmaster who is abusing a slave. He escapes to the wilderness. He meets Jethro, a priest, and marries his daughter. He was very content to be a shepherd in the midst of a crazy wilderness. But then, at 80 years old, Jehovah speaks to him out of a bush. He receives a message to return to Egypt to liberate the Israelite slaves. Despite the signs, the Egyptians only became harder on the slaves. Moses called down ten plagues from heaven to demolish Egypt. And the tenth plague was the death of every firstborn Egyptian. Pharaoh, tired of fighting God, freed the slaves. Freed the Israelites. And then... Pharaoh changed his mind. You see, when you focus on the world to bring you freedom, they will always change their mind. There are so many people today in America that are hoping that the world will give them freedom to do what they are free to do because God said you're free to do it. 
and it will always be taken back. Because the world is all about control. So turn with me to Exodus 13. We're going to dive in, sort of, I sort of recap that for you so that you could understand it. And in chapter 13, there's a few verses that I want to highlight here. Verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them. So they, they escape, they leave, they, they go away, and the Lord is with them. The Lord is with them. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. As you said this morning, Terrence, he was in the boat. He was with them. But they were living in fear even though they could reach out and touch him. The Israelites were, were literally led by the presence of the Lord in a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire, and it never left them. It was always there. And yet they lived in fear. I believe that the church has had the presence of God in them, closer than in the boat, closer than a pillar, in them, and still have lived in fear. So they've had the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, but yet they were about to walk into a storm. Exodus 14, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they may turn and camp. He told them to stop and camp. I think it's interesting that God had to speak to them and say to stop. Has God ever told you just to stop? I think that if we had the complete dialogue of everything that God said in the boat, that Jesus said in the boat, I think he would have just turned around and said, stop. Right? Just stop. It's hard to stop trying to produce something if you don't have a foundation to rest on. We often work and work and work and work because we're trying to overcome the lack of a good foundation. We build big things. You've, you've heard it in history. People who build big things, businesses and ministries, and in a moment it collapses and they've worked really hard and they've gone and gone and gone and gone and worked and worked and worked and yet in the end it all collapses because they worked on the thing that made the world look at them as something great but they forgot to work on the thing that's buried in the ground that nobody will ever see, the foundation. And so he told them to stop and set up camp. Stop moving. The Lord led the Israelites by the way of the wilderness, it says, and not by the way of the Philistines. Why? It says because he did not want them to fear. They would have seen an instant battle. They would have seen an instant war. And he knew that they would want to go back home to slavery. Then the arguing begins. Verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. The Lord wanted them to go by way of the Red Sea so that they weren't in fear and wanting to go back into slavery. And yet they go by the Red Sea and they look at the earthly things that are going on around them and they are instantly where God did not want them to be in fear. Why? Because they began to focus on the storm and not the peacemaker. Verse 11. Then they said to Moses, sometimes we just need to stop. Because there, was, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? It is not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we, were, that we may serve the Egyptians. For 
it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die here in the wilderness. When you walk away from a storm and circumstances that God has allowed to come into your life, you begin to walk away from your destiny because you will never be able to accomplish what God has for you unless you go through the storm. They decided in verse 12 that it would have been better if we had been slaves under the Egyptians for the rest of our lives. And it's exactly where God did not want them to go in their mind. Their focus was wrong. Their focus was not where it needed to be. Now, this complaining that the Israelites were doing, I want to tell you that the complaining wastes time and it distracts you from your anointing. The complaining and looking for a, a worldly solution to a heavenly problem is only going to distract you and keep you from what you're anointed to do. Every time. In verse 13, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand. Do not be afraid. Stand. Now, to me, that says that they were probably not standing in that moment. They were probably in their mind, in their heart, and maybe in their physical bodies in complete and utter turmoil. And Moses says, stand. There's something about standing that calms you. Have you ever been in a, in a place where people are frenzied? I know that most of you probably don't do Black Friday shopping where people are throwing things and, and trying to get the newest, latest plastic thing that probably shouldn't even matter. But anyway, um, in the midst of that, you can get caught up in frenzy. You can get caught up in turmoil. You can get caught up in the noise and if you just would take a second and stop and stand, you realize that all the turmoil, all the stuff that's going on is actually outside of you. And you're in control of you. And you don't have to be in all of that turmoil. You don't have to be in all of that stress. You don't have to be in all of it. You can just stand. Why did he want them to stand? Because when you stand, you begin to see what is going on around you and you have a different perspective. That is why the coach on the, have you ever watched, I know today's a big game, but there are coaches that have a different perspective up in a box up on the roof so that they are away from the frenzy and they can, they can see clearly what is going on so that they can call the right play. God is saying, church, I want you to stop. I want you to stand. I want you to use the storm to gain perspective on what is going on in your life so that I can speak through my Holy Spirit through you and give you the next play. But you have to stop and you have to stand. What is the play? What is the play that God's going to give you? Let's keep reading. It says, he says, don't be afraid, stand. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. They wanted to go back into slavery at the point of their victory. There are some people, even watching right now, that have been in the midst of a storm for a long time, and instead of conquering the storm, using the storm, stepping into what God has called you to do, you've remained in the storm and tried to make your own salvation from the storm. And everywhere I read in Scripture, salvation is done for you. Nothing that you've done. The salvation in, in Scripture is always God did the salvation for mankind. And He's done it for you. So what do you think it makes His heart do when He's given you the play? 
He's given you the play that gets your salvation, that wins you the deal, and you say, eh, I'm going to audible at the line and we're going to run it up the middle. Thank goodness there was a man who had spent so much time with the Lord that he understood that the Lord was going to fight for them even though they couldn't fight for themselves. And even though they were living in fear. Exodus 14, verse 14 says this, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. This may offend some people, but I'm going to read it in the message. Sometimes the message just makes it super abundantly clear. It says this, Exodus 14, 14 in the message, let God win the battle and shut up. Let God win the battle and shut up. It's about time that the church lets God win the battle and shut up. Stop complaining. Stop worrying. Stop looking, at the, looking for the next big word. Stop looking for someone else to solve the problem and go to the one who is sleeping in the front of the boat and spend your time there. You see, an eagle understands the storm. An eagle understands that he can use the storm to accomplish his task of cleansing, of getting perspective, and of rest. There's an interesting thing about an eagle, and that is there's bones inside of its wings that when he sets them, they're called pinions, when he sets the pinions, he can glide and just rest. He's not using any muscles or whatever they are. He's not using any of it. He sets the pinions and then he just rests. He looks for a storm and as soon as he enters the storm, he sets his pinions to rest. Sets them and rests. Sets them and rests. I believe that an eagle is a picture this morning of a mature person who enters into a storm to use the storm because he knows it's going to storm anyway, to use the storm to set things in order and to rest in what God has declared. And if we know that the storm is seasonal and it's not permanent, we can rest in peace knowing that we can use the storm to build a better foundation, to set things in order, and to move ahead. You see, nothing is permanent except God. Two things that you can always be at peace about that don't change are God and His promises. They are steady and true. James 1, 16 and 17 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is permanent. He's permanently at peace. Psalm 145.13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful to every promise that He's ever spoken to you. Go with me to Deuteronomy 32. This is about Moses to close this morning. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. Verse 10, He found him in the desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him and he instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up. And it says, carrying them on his wings. I love the New American Standard Version. I'm going to read it to you in there. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. He found him in the desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. 
He guarded him as the pupil of his eye. Like an eagle stirs up its nest that hovers over its young, he spread wings and caught them. He carried them on his pinions. I love that it uses that word in the New American Standard Version because it gives me a picture that at that point when God is carrying you through your storm, he is set in order. His pinions are set, they're not moving, and he is at rest. He's not struggling to carry you. He's not struggling to get you to the next point where he can let you off. He is set. His pinions are set and he is at rest, allowing the storm to fuel your deliverance. He tells us in James 1.3, to testify of your faith produces, the testing of your faith produces perseverance so that you can become mature lacking nothing. God is calling you in the next season to be, able, to be able to enter a storm knowing that he is set, he's at rest, and he wants to give you new perspective. He wants to give you a cleansing. He wants to give you a new line of sight. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the church to become mature foundation builders. In our youngest of young down in base camp, all the way to the, to the oldest of the old, that we do a foundation inspection every day to make sure that our foundation is true, that it lines up with the code. Because there will be storms. There will be storms that come unexpectedly with people that we know with elements that we know that will storm our lives to distract us from what we're called to do. And if our foundation is in the one who is set in place and at rest, we will win. If storms reveal the darkness of the world and, and allow darkness to come into our lives for a split moment, if we're at rest and in alignment with the code in which we were called to build the foundation, we will be light to the world. You see, many in the church today are looking at the world and saying, we're not going to get what we had back. I've, talking to lots of, I've spoken with lots of churches in there, and everybody is sort of saying the same thing. It's never going back to normal, but it can go back to the normal that God is at peace through every storm. And when the storms come, the people may look different. The place may sound different. It may be a different season, but God is still at peace. He's set in place, and he's willing to take you upon his back, upon his wings, and deliver you through the storm. Would you stand with me this morning? In the midst of a storm, we can feel left alone. We can feel like the elements are overtaking us. But verse 10 of Deuteronomy 32, for the Lord's portion is his people and Jacob is the place of his inheritance. Verse 10, for he found him in the desert land he encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. And that's what he's saying about you. No matter what you're dealing with this morning, no matter what you're coming out of or going into, he sees you. He will encircle you. He will equip you. He will empower you. And he wants to deliver you from the storm. But don't avoid the storm. Don't run away from the storm. Use the storm to benefit your destiny. Father, today, I thank you that you have set your opinions. You are at rest. You've done all you're ever going to do if we only receive. So Lord, I thank you for the man Moses who gave us a picture of setting ourselves at peace and allowing you to move. Lord, I pray that the church, 
as a whole, the global church this morning would be covered by your shalom, your peace. May it permeate every believer in their, in their being to be at peace and rest knowing that you are in control. Knowing that you have our best interest in mind and that you will carry us and give us perspective in every storm. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that your name is above every name. And that your name is above every storm. And as we declare your name, the sun will shine in places where the forecast is for rain. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now this morning, Father, I pray for every person who is dealing with the storm of sickness, pain and disease, and Lord, we speak healing to them. We speak restoration. We send healing right now in Jesus' name that restoration may come and that they would be made whole. We thank you, Lord, for your peace that passes all of our natural understanding. May we rest in you May we know that we're protected by you. And may we declare your victory to every storm that comes our way. May we use the storms and may we leave the storm when we're done using it. We give you this day, this week. Lord, I thank you for every person that is attached to the summit I pray for those in the hospital this morning. I pray for those family members that are dealing with, with negative things this morning. And Lord, in their storm, may you shine into their place of torment your light and your peace. Every situation we hand to you today, that we may walk our lives this week at peace, knowing you are love. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.